Welcome into the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we are talking about the luckiest teams in the NBA this season. So it's been a long time and there hasn't been a lot of podcasts coming out. We had a, just like a ton of technical issues the last couple months. I moved. I used to live in San Diego. Now I live in Santa Cruz. So I uh, went from SoCal to NorCal. Getting everything settled in, you know, plugging in my dual monitor setup. Okay, so for anyone that hasn't hasn't made the jump from one monitor to two monitors, it is an absolute game changer. And I have been traveling a lot, uh, haven't quite, you know, hadn't fully set up for a few weeks. And I was trying to work on one monitor. <sighs> Man, it's hard to go back. It is at one point, one of my jobs, I had three monitors, which I'm going to be honest. I don't really know if you need three monitors. Like it's gets to a certain point where like I didn't use the third one a ton, but the jump from one to two, I mean, that's like going from like the steam engine to gasoline. It's a real big difference in terms of productivity. Just the amount of times you you spend like mousing from window to window or like tab to tab. If you haven't, if you're thinking about it, making the jump from one monitor to two monitor, you, you just got to do it. Absolutely take the dive. Go for it. You will not regret it. Uh, but let's talk about let's talk about the luckiest teams in the NBA. So we're about 20% of the way through the season. A fifth of the games are in the books. And I think this is a good time to start drawing some conclusions, right? You're not going to write it in stone, but it's kind of like looking at stats the first two weeks of the season. It's like, okay, well, this person's shooting 65% from three, probably not going to continue. But now we're at enough of a sample size to, you can you can start drawing some conclusions, right? And I think... When you start doing that, you need to start taking into account possible blind spots because anytime you're trying to sound smart, <laughs> the the first thing I like to think is, but wait, hold on, what, what do I maybe not know here? Like before I start talking. So let's get into how this luck measurement works, right? Because if I just like go on and I'm like this, you hear it all the time, like, oh, this team's just getting so lucky. And People say that because on some level, we know when like it feels like everything is bouncing a team's way, right? Three-pointers are going in, everybody's running, playing with tempo, you get some, you get some like questionable calls, things of that nature. Sometimes it does feel like things are just on the side of one team, not the other. Sometimes it's your team, sometimes it's not. It often feels like it is not your team. But we, uh, you know, we got some smart guys here at Basketball Index came up with a way to quantify if teams are being lucky. So classically, when you look to evaluate teams, the main things you're going to look at are offensive rating, defensive rating, and then net rating, which is the combination of your offensive and defensive rating, which is how many points you're producing per 100 possessions on offense and defense. You come combine those and then you get your net rating. So that's a pretty good way to evaluate teams. It's a good way to figure out, you know, is this a top 10 offense? Is this a bottom 10 defense? Uh, you know, you throw it together. Is the net rating, like, what's that looking like? So these are really useful tools that are sort of like the building blocks for people to make assessments at a team level. So what luck adjusted offensive, defensive, and net rating does is it takes a look at things you might not have a lot of control over. So specifically for defensive rating, because you know they've done quite a few studies on this, you can't really control how well the other team shoots from three. 
you have some level on your team if you build a roster with, you know, good passers and good catch-and-shoot three-point shooters, you're probably going to be better at it, right, than, than not so much. But when you're playing against the opponent, you just don't have a lot of kind of sway over, like, whether those threes go in or not. You see in the playoffs all the time where a team will get blown out and people will be like, well, that's just variance. It was just hot shooting. There's just really nothing you can do because on some level, like, that is what's going on. Another thing is from the free-throw line. Sometimes a team rolls into town and they – are a good free throw shooting team and they just miss most of their free throws that night. And then, you know, they lose by a couple points and then they leave town. You're like, well, I guess we dodged a bullet there. And that's something that's just maybe a note in the post game press conference or, you know, the post game wrap up show of your local team. They might mention, Oh, you know, this team, they missed, missed eight freebies tonight. That, you know, that's, that's a strange thing, but you know, you count those things up over a season and there are going to be times where things are just going your way or not so much going your way. And the luck-adjusted offensive, defensive, and net rating take that stuff into account. It brings you in line with what a player is you know, from their career. So if you're a career 40% three-point shooter and then you, know, you hit 60% of your threes in a game, <laughs> the luck-adjusted <laughs> defensive rating is like, well, hold on, wait, hold on a second. They're not, that's that's not normal. They're not always doing that. So the luck adjustments just sort of pull everything back towards like what their, their norm would usually be. So uh, that's how the luck adjustments work. Again, controlling things like three-point percentage, free throw percentage, things you don't have control of, of like a, as a defense. So that's, you know, the main things it hones in on. I'm going to be using relative offensive. So hold on, hold on. We got we got a lot of words, a lot of letters here. So relative luck adjusted offensive rating, uh, and then the same with relative luck adjusted defensive and net. What that means basically is if I just start giving you a ton of numbers, especially over like podcast form or a ton of letters, it can get kind of confusing and hard to follow. Like where I'm like, oh, this team has an offensive rating of 117, this team 119, this team's defense 109, it's really good, and this team's defense 121, they can't stop anybody. It gets difficult to compare things because, again, analytics at their heart is like you're just trying to compare apples to oranges a lot of the time of like, hey, what's going on here? What's the range? How you know relatively close are these things together? Or just like what's more valuable, what's not? So when you use relative luck adjusted offensive rating basically it finds the all the stats i use are like this i talk about them all the time it finds what the league average offensive rating is and so the relative luck adjusted offensive rating for like minnesota this year is zero where like they just have the league average luck adjusted offensive rating so they are just they're just normal there so it's really easy to look at that because like oh zero it's not good or bad and then you look at like oklahoma city and they're 3.3. So they're three points better or a little more than three points better than league average offensive rating. So that, you know, that's really good. So just an idea of how big the range is. So right now, Indy's offense has been absurd. They've been nuts. We just saw it the other night in uh, the, the in-season tournament game. And their luck-adjusted relative offensive rating is almost nine points. So their offensive rating is almost nine points better than league average per 100 possessions. That is insane. That is blow the doors off historically good. We go to the very bottom, Portland's offense, negative almost eight points per 100 possessions. So really, really bad. (laughs) Like 
this is a like historically bad offense. If you look at the roster, you're like, it's not really a surprise. So what the relative means is it doesn't give you raw numbers. It just tells you how much better or worse you are than league average. So you see the range is about eight points either way, but that's huge. Most of the teams are within like two or three points, good or bad. And those numbers sound small, but you have to understand like over the course of a game, that like winning by 10 points, like you feel pretty good about that, right? So if you look at net rating, like right now, Boston is number one in luck adjusted net rating, relative luck adjusted net. It's so long, all these titles. Um, but they're about nine points better than the teams they've been playing, which is insanely good. It drops down right after that. Milwaukee has been about five points better. And then you go to like more the middle of like the road, you know, it's like one point or like negative one. So I just kind of wanted to get you like familiar with the numbers I'm looking at. Again, these are way easier because if it says 117, you know, offensive rating or whatever, it's like, okay, where is that in comparison to league average? And then where is that compared to the top guys? And then what does that compare to last year? Or like if I try to compare it to a different era, if I'm doing a legacy thing, it's like, well, were the offensive scoring environments different? Yada, yada, yada. That being said, I'm almost 10 minutes into this episode. haven't really got to the heart of it. So, uh, sorry. <laughs> what do they say? Like all YouTube videos, you skip to one third into the, into the video. You don't actually miss anything. So let's talk about who has been the luckiest. What we're going to look at is just luck adjusted uh, relative net rating. Because if I do offense and defense and net rating, we're going to be here all day. And I want these episodes to be like about as long as a TV show, like about 20 minutes. I feel like that's a good consumable number because these are dense and I do talk fast. But let's talk about who has been the luckiest team this year. Um, Oklahoma City. They have been by far the luckiest team this year. However, I do want to talk about while like luck is not a bad thing. It doesn't mean you're a bad team because, yes, they have been the luckiest team in luck adjusted, uh, relative luck adjusted net rating. Yes. But they still, with the adjustment, they still have the fourth best net rating in the league. So it's not like they go from, hey, this is looking like a top five team pretender, and then they're going to crash and burn. It's like, no, no, they're still quite good. They're just not maybe this dominant level. Because like just if you look at just the raw net rating, they are the second best in the league by like a pretty wide margin. It's like Boston's way up at like the top of like the Eiffel Tower, like or Space Needle, like crazy. Oklahoma's pretty far up there. And then like there's a pretty significant drop off as you get back kind of the rest of the pack. So those numbers are probably going to come down. It's hard to dominate teams that much. And then we see like the luck adjusted numbers about half of that. So the raw net is about eight points better than the teams they've been playing per 100 possessions, which is like a thorough beating. Right? That's just like consistently winning games by like eight plus points. Because I mean, you there's more sometimes you know games go longer there's lots of possessions um that's crazy so oklahoma city still really good about four points better per 100 possessions but just not that like super crazy number so this is where the luck adjustment stuff can be good where it's like is this a dominant like boston is in a different situation as oklahoma where like 
Everybody on that team is in their prime. That team has mostly been together for the most part. Obviously, they have some newcomers like there's camaraderie there. They've been successful for a number of years, deep playoff runs. It makes sense that Boston is humming right now. Oklahoma City, they were a team we talked about a ton in the offseason. A lot of hype, a lot of young players. SGA looks like a top 10 guy. Chet Holmgren, through 20% of the season, is looking like a potential all-NBA player himself. Two-way impact. Definitely going to be an all-star this year. And it makes sense that they're near the top of the league. They're just maybe not at that unbelievable Boston level. And I think that's understandable. And this is where the luck adjustments, you know, the, the luck adjusted net rating, it can be helpful where we can kind of uh, temper expectations a little bit, but still be like, no, this team's been top five, like in their performance net rating wise, you see in their record, they're 13 and six, like they're a very good team. So just because you are lucky, main takeaway, because I mean, if I worked at ESPN, what I would do is I would look at this luck category, I have some intern dig it up for me, and then I would just look at like the top three or four luckiest teams, and then I would go on air, and I would attack them over and over about how they've been so lucky because you can't control the three-point shot, and then you start yelling and you start rambling, and once you get going, it's really not that hard to fill 15 minutes, a whole segment. It's just, it's not that difficult. Your face gets a little red, you start moving around a lot. It's, it's, it's not hard. It's, uh, it's a little hacky. But that's not what we did here because uh, my initial thought was like, oh, Oklahoma City. I saw the luck thing and I was like, are they not pretenders, but like, are we like everything bouncing their way? And then you dig further into the data. You're like, no, things are going well for them, but they're also just a good team. So after that, uh, Philly has been the second luckiest team in the league. Minnesota, the third and Orlando, the fourth. So I think this makes sense. Minnesota has been a surprise. Orlando has been a surprise. They have been some of the better teams in the league this year. So I'm going to pull up their records. Minnesota has the second best record. Orlando has the fourth best record. But again, these teams are still pretty good in luck adjusted net rating, right? Minnesota's still third. While they've been the luckiest, again, where it's like this probably isn't a cream of the crop team because early this season, you know, they're 15 and four. I don't think I'm breaking news here, right? I think if you were to sit down with me, we have a conversation, we go get lunch or something, or we're watching a game in a sports bar. We're talking about Minnesota and we're talking about Orlando. And I like, granted, Minnesota is probably two years ahead in terms of they're trying to build for a championship than Orlando is. They probably sped that up a little bit with the Rudy Gobert trade, which is looking a lot better this year. I think this year, Rudy is what everyone thought they were going to be getting last year. So that's a conversation for a different time. But Instead of that crazy net rating in the upper echelon of like super dominant teams like Boston, they're more down around like Minnesota and Oklahoma City are next to each other. Again, they look like good teams. Philly in this category, again, they look like good teams. Uh, The Knicks are there. Denver's kind of in the mix where you're like, okay, these are definitely some of the better teams in the league. But if I was going to draw a playoff bracket right now, it's going to start. I mean, let's just say the in-season tournament was the regular playoffs, right? I don't think everyone will be like, oh, Minnesota, you know, they have this unbelievable winning percentage, almost, you know, 789, really, really high number. They're just going to roll everyone in the playoffs. I think we're not yet convinced of that. We need probably a whole season of seeing it, and then we need their offense probably to be a little bit better. But the point in bringing up these luck adjustments is just sort of tempering expectations. But I think that's a rational thing to do. Like we move to Orlando. 
In terms of net rating, again, not bad. They're the 10th team in luck-adjusted net rating. They're playing well. They have a lot of young guys. Looks like, you know, Paolo looks really good in year two. Franz looks like a building block there. Uh, Suggs looks like a really, you know, difference maker on defense. So they've definitely acquired a fair amount of talent. You know, they've been doing their rebuild for a couple years. But I think, you know, they're the most obvious team for regression. They're 14 and six right now. They're probably not that good. Their schedule is probably a little ahead of schedule in terms of their franchise kind of development in this rebuild. So I think that's a rational take. And if you told people that, you'd be like, yeah, of any of the top teams, like who's most likely to probably go down a few pegs or fade as the season goes on. They got a lot of young guys that, you know, maybe haven't been in these situations before. It's a long season, yada, yada, yada. So I think those are like really rational takes that are uh, perfectly fine conversations to be had. And I think if someone said that to me, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I, I smell what you're stepping in. And this luck adjusted net rating just points to that it points to like a very rational case of like hey i know this team started out hot but like some regression is probably coming like these are the most likely regression candidates doesn't mean they're not good or they're not whatever level they're at but these luck adjusted numbers instead of us sitting in a tv and being like nah this is just luck it's like okay well you got to assign some of it to luck and you got to assign some of it to like what they are producing And I like luck-adjusted net rating because it kind of helps you meet in the middle there. So we've talked about some of the luckiest teams. Oh, this this is is an interesting one. So we've been talking about teams at the top, right? Oh, sorry, Portland. But uh, Portland is the fifth luckiest team. And so their net rating is negative 6.6. So they're getting beat by about six and a half points per 100 possessions. Really rough stuff. Like that is the opposite of how much like Philly and Minnesota is beating teams by and just raw net rating. So as good as those teams have been this year, that's how bad Portland's been. They're three and 13. They've you know only won a handful of games. And the luck adjusted net rating is like, no, they're actually two points worse than this. They're really more of like a negative eight and a half point team. So they've actually been pretty lucky in terms of like what's been going on. So I thought that was a really funny nugget. I was confused by it at first when I was looking at it because I was like, wait, Portland hasn't been lucky. They're really a really, really bad team. It's only won three games. And the math is like, maybe they should have won zero games, which is very harsh of the math to say. Uh, But let's look at teams that have been uh, maybe not so lucky, right? Memphis at the uh, 29th spot. Memphis has been – things have not gone well for them, obviously, losing John Morant. He's been suspended. Steven Adam gets hurt in the preseason, right? He hasn't played at all. Uh, They have injuries from last year. They lost players in the offseason. So, like, this team is – things are really going very poorly. But on top of that – they're not as bad as the numbers say. Like the raw net rating is really bad and their defense is actually good. Like their defense is above average still. It's it's not bad. Their offense has been horrendously terrible. They have like no ball handlers outside of Marcus Smart. So that's going to be difficult to get your offense going. Like Desmond Bain is doing his best, right? But he's not really like a primary ball handler, run everything through him, right? He's like an off-screen shooter who for stretches can do some things, can self-create, right? And you're seeing that like him and Jaron Jackson Jr.'s usage is like way up. And again, those players are good players, but that's not really their bag. So 
Memphis is going to bounce back because again, they're probably not going to be you know this unlucky the whole year, and then they're going to get jaw back. And I think they're going to be a team that starts rolling in the middle of the season where I don't really know how good they get in the, the kind of the end game, but they're not this bad. They're five and fourteen. They're not this bad. Um, another unlucky team. Uh, Miami, they are down there. They've been, uh, you know, fairly unlucky for being a team that's a slight positive on uh, both the offensive and defensive end. Again, they lost a lot of role players to free agency last year. Uh, they bring in the rookie Jaime. He's he's looking quite good. And, you know, they're just sort of figuring things out. So there's a little bit of, hey, what do we have in this rotation? How are we going to piece this together? And also things aren't exactly bouncing their way. So they're not bad. They're 11 and 9, right? But uh, look for them to rise a little bit. The Lakers also, you know, I don't know if I did. I've recorded. My recording got corrupted halfway through this episode. So if I said this already, I apologize. (laughs) I don't remember what was on this recording or last recording. But it's a point I wanted to make. The Lakers this year, you know, everybody talked about their depth. A lot of their role players have been banged up, have missed some time. And just things haven't quite been clicking. Austin Reeves started ice cold. He's been better of late. Again, Lakers are 12 and 9, not a disaster by any means, but you know, has been in the bottom 10 in terms of of being unlucky. Just things have not been going their way. But again, they have a pretty good defense, not elite, but pretty good. And then the offense has been below average. I think uh, as Austin Reeves continues to, you know, play better and you know, Rui's missed some time. There's some scoring punch there. Uh, this offense can get to uh, above league average. Um, anything else? Oh, Sacramento. That was another team I wanted to hit on. They've been pretty darn unlucky. I think they've been the fifth least lucky team in the league. So their net rating is just neutral. But we know they're a, they're a better team than that. Um, their offense has been um, a plus. Again, not like it was last year, but it's it's been above average. And their defense has been about league average. Um, so look for, for things to... Uh, rise for them a little bit because things uh, they've just been getting the short end of the stick in the luck department. So um, we've seen them play in some exciting games already this year, obviously an offensively built team. Things seem fairly optimized from a, uh, at least an offensive uh, standpoint on that team. I know even going back to last year, I'm like a little skeptical of the team because I'm like, you have no defensive oriented players on your roster. Yes, your offense was very good this year. Hasn't been the same, but you know, give it some time this year. I know Keegan Murray's had a, a pretty nasty sophomore slump. Hopefully, you know, that's coming to an end. But look for Sacramento to maybe get a, a little help in the luck department. Maybe the two fairy comes and helps them a little bit. But uh, yeah, those have been the unlucky teams I kind of wanted to highlight. Lakers, Miami, Sacramento. Uh, just things could start bouncing their way. That could really help them maybe you know go on a run in the middle of the season. Uh, but yeah, so this was touching on the luckiest and the least luckiest teams of the year. Um, I think the most obvious uh, regression candidate I touched on them was Orlando, where like they're probably not going to keep playing at this level because my mind says that, my eyeballs say that, and the math says that. And when you have all three of those kind of on the same side, that's likely to happen. So uh, that's another thing. Oklahoma City, I think that was maybe the most like – if Orlando's the main point of the podcast, the second main point is Oklahoma City of, yes, they've been very lucky, but they're still very good. This looks like a legit playoff team that is going to be dangerous, that have a lot of young players that seemingly are getting better by the day. And that's very exciting. And just understanding the context of what's going on, where things are 
it's a momentum-based sport, right? You go on a run as a team, whether it's in a quarter or over a course of games or a playoff run, like basketball is very momentum-based. And when you're living good, like you're getting lucky. The threes are falling, the other team, there's a lid on the basket. And you're definitely feeling that for OKC while they still are a good team. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. I don't have anything else to say on luck. I don't have any more... Um, little cute make it relatables or <laughs> whatever it may be. I used them all up. Um, really glad to have the podcast back. A couple of you guys reached out on Twitter and were like, Hey, when's that thing coming back? And it's been, uh, it's been hard not talking nonstop for 30 minutes straight. Cause when I try to do that in regular life, people don't love it. <laughs> They're like, Hey, are you going to, can I say something? Um, so the podcast, when, uh, when I'm not going to therapy, the, uh, the podcast is a great place to just talk nonstop for 30 minutes. Uh, but I'm really glad to be back. Um, if you want to talk basketball, you want to talk luck, whatever it may be on Twitter at Taylor metrics, and we'll see you on the next episode of the basketball index podcast.